Hey everyone, welcome to Zone in Canada. I'm your host, Jesse Betteridge. Joining me live in person is Ultra Klystron himself, Carl Olson. Carl? Hi, hi everybody. Nice to actually have you here today. Nice to actually have you on the show. It uh, doesn't doesn't happen too much these days. Uh, but It still happens enough that it's like its own playlist now on, on SoundCloud. Listen to it. <laughs> it's true. You can go check that out. It's really just so that all of uh, my music listeners can uh, decide to listen to it now. I can plug it, plug the playlist. <laughs> No issues with that here. Um, so it's the so it's February 2020. Uh, a few news stories have already built up that could uh, shape out in interesting ways throughout the year. We're just going to kind of go back and, and talk about a few of them. Uh, now, if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you know that we are terrible at predicting things. We are the, um, we're the worst. I think I think I think we have maybe accurately predicted one thing, one or two things, maybe, and yet we the only, the only time we get something right is is when we have insider dirt and we're just alluding to it. <laughs> we'll keep it a hundred. <laughs> uh, that never happens, Carl. What are you talking about? So as though because of that, we often fall into the trap of speculating about things baselessly. Um, so I thought... It's a rich tradition, though. Yeah. <laughs> with well, anime I, media. I, I thought that we would try something a little different this time around, where we'll, we'll talk about a few of the bigger stories that have popped up in the last couple of months, and try to think of every possible scenario that could play out with it in the next year or so, and maybe try to, try to figure out some odds of, uh, of, of how, of how things might go okay. on, on certain issues. Yeah. So let's just start with what I think is probably the biggest story that is going to get mm-hmm. attention from the most people. And that is the, uh, huge announcement that Studio Ghibli titles will be streaming, uh, quote unquote internationally. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's weird because <laughs> they've listed, we know Netflix has it for everywhere outside of North America. We know HBO, uh, Max or it's Max, Max now. It's, it's Max. HBO yeah. Max now. Uh, for streaming in North America, but they don't do anything up here, and they, they ostensibly cut a deal with Crave well, for their originals, so where's Ghibli in Canada? Well, <laughs> well yeah, here's the thing. We don't know if they have it for North America. They have it for the States. Yeah. Uh, what I found interesting was when the announcement came out mm-hmm. that Netflix had the title internationally, mm-hmm. um, it was it was like trending on social mm-hmm. media for mm-hmm. about three days. And you, it was great because everybody was all like, oh, sweet, I can just have Netflix. And it's like, no, you live in America. And yeah. like, well, there, was, there were like, so there are two or three different reactions you you would see from people on social media about this. It's like one, the person who's just oblivious to the fact. They don't that, understand how Netflix works. Yeah, they think that it's going to be on Netflix everywhere. Uh, the people who assumed that. International means Canada, right? <laughs> You're like, no. Well, actually, it ex- <laughs> so the, the, the announcement that circulated, the mm. typical headline was that uh, Studio Ghibli titles will be t- streaming internationally on Netflix everywhere except U.S., Canada, and Japan. Yeah. So most those places, also, most places did make it clear up front. This exposed the fact that most people, pe- most people aren't aware of the fact that HBO Max has the rights to stream them in the United States. Yeah. So there, there was w- another common response was the assumption that it. These wouldn't be streaming at all yeah. in the U.S. and Canada because if it's not on Netflix, it doesn't exist to them, basically. And then there are, of course, the people who were aware of the fact that it was going to be on HBO yeah. Max were either disappointed that they'd have to get HBO Max to get it yeah. or they would uh, – or. They were just glad that they were getting it, and 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 that the and that, and telling people, hey guys, you you are getting it, but it's on this service that you don't know about and probably don't care about. But what is for for all of the 
massive discussion mm-hmm. that was going on, uh, very few seemed to hone in on the fact that... What the fuck is Canada doing? <laughs> that Canada is a black hole mm-hmm. in this situation. Um, so it, it's worth pointing out that I think there are... F- last I checked, there are four countries in the world that don't have Netflix right now. Um, my list... So I think this may actually be outdated. China, North Korea, China, North Korea, Syria, and Crimea. I think that's probably still accurate. Yeah. I don't see why that would change. They're also all places that if somehow you had the internet access, you'd just VPN. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, kudos to the North Korean VPNing to watch, uh, Friends on Netflix. <laughs> Apparently Crunchyroll is available in North Korea though. <laughs> that's a suspect. Um, <laughs> So, so I hear, but yeah, so that means that those four countries and Canada and Japan are the only countries on earth mm-hmm. where they will not be streaming anywhere. Everyone who could potentially comment on this situation has either not said anything or they have denied that it's theirs. That, that it's theirs. So, um, so, so far Netflix hasn't said anything. G Kids has not commented. I think people have tried reaching out to them and they will not, they have not commented on that. And should note, G Kids has the streaming rights in Canada. So if anyone is going to make a decision, it's going to be them. Right. Um, and we don't even know if they're trying to get them posted anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure if, if, if someone were to ask them in person, they'd just say, Oh, you can buy them on VOD in Canada. It's like, (laughs) no, that's not, it's not what we're asking. Um, yeah. I want. I want to. I want to. It's a conversation. I want to. I, I want to spend money on on a service forever uh, to, to hone these instead of having digital copies yeah. that may disappear the second that service also <laughs> falls off. Yeah. CBC Gem. I reached out to them. They denied that they have it, and they don't seem to be. They think it seems pretty unlikely that they're going to get it, which is unfortunate because I think that would have been the best. I think it would outcome. have been technically the most accessible service because any Canadian can throw that on their phone or on their media devices and be good to like do they have a Roku app yet or no? Are they in the middle of doing that? They do not have a Roku app. Yeah, they so are that uh, would, so it wouldn't be it's not necessarily the most accessible by virtue of platform, but it would be largely accessible yeah. because anybody who would be like if you've got a smart TV you probably have a you probably have an iPhone or an Android and you then you have gems so you're fine. Yeah. Now cart.ca did Make us uh, did say that they reached out to Crave and Crave denied that they had the Studio Ghibli films, but it is worth emphasizing that it wasn't when Cart posted that on Twitter. It wasn't clear mm-hmm. if they had like reached out to them recently or, or if there had been some pre prior that they had asked them when the first announcement was made mm-hmm. of the uh, the HBO Max yeah. announcement from last year with the Studio Ghibli streaming in the mm-hmm. U.S. So and Crave has not directly commented on whether or not they've picked up these There's no either. press release one so, way or the other. Yeah, so we don't... I don't know. If, if we're looking at things right now, I think especially because, you know, there's going to be a lot of attention mm. on them as a possibility because yeah. they have the rights to the HBO Max original. Exclu- original content, which oftentimes when these deals are struck, that's the only thing everyone seems to think is important is the Streaming exclusives. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, well, it's because that's, it's, that's it's, not what you drop. That's not what you're supposed to draw people in with. That's what you get them to stay with, though. <laughs> well, for the purposes of Crave, they're essentially the same. 
Because there's all, it's you, it's about trying to get Canadians to get on Crave at all. And you're like, well, there's no, you can't get this. It's us. There's nobody else. So it's like, it's, there is, there is a place for, Hey, all of your, all of your American friends and family are talking about this new HBO Max show on Twitter and you can't. Yeah. So that's, that is, that is, that is a selling point for Crave. That still doesn't, yeah. Licensing's so weird. And then it's made weirder by the fact it's like, okay, HBO is a conglomerate. Um, they are part of Warner Media, which is part of AT&T, which also, of course, means one of their corporate siblings, which we know they're already synergizing with for select titles, is Crunchyroll. <laughs> so there's like the trillion to one chance. It seems very unlikely, um, but not impossible by virtue of we know they're just being better about Warner for the first time in its corporate history is actually trying to leverage each other's divisions and each other's libraries. There's the non-zero possibility, at least, that like, yeah, you could have Crunchyroll could end up being the like the one place where Crunchyroll could have it would be Canada as a fill in the gap from well, we got a North American license yeah. and we should put it up somewhere. I really don't think that'll happen. I, yeah, no, but that's that's, if that's, it, that's that's some classic Zon in Canada will never happen speculation. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be the one reason they wouldn't even want to do it is be like, look, it's nice that you're offering, but it's going to cause so much more bullshit for us that it's worth. Yeah, and also like. Your average viewer is not gonna think to look for it on Crunchyroll or find it on Crunchyroll like they would on Netflix or Crave. So, yeah. or CBC Gem. Yeah. So, I mean, let's, let's look at what our, our possible outcomes here are. Um, so, one is that we don't get these Ghibli films streaming at all. I feel like Carl, what do you think the odds? I think that's, that would be? I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if I were running a gambling establishment, I wouldn't pay you out. I'd just take your money and say you get nothing back no matter what happens. <laughs> Your odds are negative one to one. You will ne- give me, you, 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 you will give me, you'll give me a hundred dollars and I will keep your hundred dollars no matter what happens. Cause it's just, it's too plausible. Yeah. Um, or, you know, put it this way, it'd be like, it's a one to one payout or, 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 or like, I'll, like I'll give you an extra 10 bucks. So it's yeah. like a point one to one or something I, like that. I think it's safe to pin that at one to one. Yeah. Cause it's well, un- less it's, than that, less uh, than that. Yeah. Like it's like yeah. I said, it's, it's, it's too favorable. Like it's like a one to two would be like, you give me a hundred dollars, I will give you. Think back. Like, I will give you a one to point one. Like, if you give me a hundred dollars, I'll give you like a hundred and ten for your trouble because I held your hundred dollars. But this is just like we, it fits in with too many other things. Some of which we may cover a lot later in the podcast in terms of anime distribution in Canada. That oh, it's fucked up and we get nothing. It's like that's that's the default. Yeah, like ninety nine times out of a hundred. <laughs> All right. Well, what what about the possibility that? Crave does get the streaming rights to the Ghibli films, but they just show up in May without any kind of promotion, announcement, or acknowledgement. I think that's, uh, like, that's would be, that would be my one-to-one. Like, you give me a yeah. hundred, I'll give you a, you know, like, I'll, I'll pay, I'll pay out same. Like, I'll give you a, like, I'll give you 200 back. Like, sure. What's well, a one-to-one? He, one, yeah. Personally, that's what I'm expecting to happen. <laughs> uh, I, I think the flip side of it, though, is, is somebody, there's, because there's been inquiries, I would think someone would have put out something like press release departments need something to do. Um, so like, so, like someone, so there's somebody would be writing that up just to write it up so that it's out there. Like yeah. it just, so like, that's my, my counterpoint on that. This is like, we'll get something if it's going to turn up. I highly doubt it will just show up. Like that seems well, worth noting that Dragon Ball Super Broly. Uh, that's what, that's what happened with that film. It showed up out of nowhere. No, it wasn't Dear even Lord. on one of those coming to crave next month Yeesh. list. Um, it, it just oh, showed up without Lord. any notice whatsoever. And it, it is still there if you want to check it out. It's on the, 
the high end crave, the crave plus movies plus stars. Yeah, oh, you know, uh, you know, crave, crave plus movies. Wait, wait, wait. HBO, there you go. But if we get if we get it, it's gonna not gonna be on basic crave. If we get it, it'll be on like super oh, yeah, premium yeah. crave. It'll be on premium and crave, that will be sure. why we get no no notification because they're not like actually smart enough to like push. Hey, there's super premium crave with extra goodies. <laughs> well, okay. What what would you say the odds are that crave gets them and does do a like proper announcement press release? <sighs> I don't know. Same. Like yeah. it's like I if Crave gets it, either solution is equally plausible, I think. Like an announcement is like either way. So it's like same probability in my heart. Okay. I'm I'm still leaning towards just Nothing. dropping dropping without without notice. It it seems like a vi- to me that seems like a very bell crave thing to do. Thanks. Especially when it comes to to anime, which they just don't have never really dealt with at all, apart from Spider Riders, and, <laughs> <laughs> which is also available on Crave if you weren't aware. Um, okay, well, what about the possibility that G Kids, who very likely mm-hmm. still just have the streaming rights and mm-hmm. haven't mm-hmm. sold them to anyone, makes a side deal with Netflix? And has them on Netflix Canada before the end of the year because they can't sell them to anyone else. It's worth noting that the Netflix International deal is not with G Kids. It is with a different company that deals Weird. with the rights to Ghibli internationally. I don't know because so that, that 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 depends on Netflix giving a shit about Canada and being proactive, and it depends on Dequid being proactive about Canada. So I'm like, I don't know. It seems like like it seems like. Four to one against. Like it just seems yeah? like very. I don't. I just don't feel like it's pretty. I just feel like it's. It's not terribly likely, but it's a possible outcome. Like it's not unreasonable. Like, just like I. If G kids cannot sell those rights to anyone. Else, I'm just not like, sure if they care to like then do the rest of the work. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is is like is it worth the rest of their time? Do they think it's worth the rest of their time with whatever legal and stuff they got to fill out and cut deals and like is the check big enough that it's worth doing it? And it should be, but I don't know that it is because Canada is such an such an odd market for media in that mm-hmm. way. So I guess you you wouldn't have a lot of faith that G Kids would make a side deal and Netflix would have them by the time HBO Max does in the states. No, I think it'd be even more unlikely. Yeah. I feel like I feel like if it's going to happen, we're going to end up with like like I think there's a strong possibility such that I wouldn't take the bet of like we get it, but like way late and on any yeah. ser- on any service we get it on. Way late, like not even within the year. It'll be like, hey, it's 2021. Uh, congratulations, Canada. You finally get the Geely films on whatever. <laughs> we, what, what about the odds that we get them on some service before Hayao Miyazaki dies? I mean, we all, we know he's gonna live to be like 117, but. I don't know if he keeps just like chain smoking cigarettes while he's drawing. I'm surprised he doesn't like ash out when he's on like, on like, Sasuke, he's in the middle of, like fucking drawing. <laughs> that's that's the real. That's how you know he's a master craftsman. He's never just fucking like set his desk on fire with his chain smoking. Um, I think it's plausible that we'll get it. Um, I put it this way: I could see another possible breakpoint for Canada getting it is is when his next uh, theatrical feature is thing. They'll be like, "Oh shit, this isn't here." Oh, we've been <laughs> somewhat like it will spur somebody into action because it will be a reminder. Oh yeah, we should do this. See, by that logic, somebody would have picked up the broadcast rights to Dragon Ball Super as soon as the Broly film became a big hit in the, theaters. Uh, <laughs> the theaters are different, I think. Dragon Ball's a little like, I don't know, like it's, I think, 
I feel like that's kind of like it's a it's 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 it, it's it, it's an incentive. It's not a guarantee. And television we, ser- television series are a different issue than like a film film library. I feel like those kind of different different modes of who's looking to who's looking to manage that section for a service and what's going to spur action on that. Still worth emphasizing that we're still the only major English speaking market that hasn't had that show on TV. That is <laughs> well, look, we've got a lot of problems. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you, what do you think the odds are CBC Gem does wind up getting the films? Um, as an eventuality, I mean, I don't know. It seems pretty long shot. Like, especially since they're saying we don't, like, it was one thing when it was like completely up in the air. It's like, well, I mean, you know, fits in with the classic Wonderful World, the Disney classic CBC kind of move. Like, here's some like prestigious, prestigious kind of content. Um, these days, man, like, yeah. Like, that, that does bring back memories to the time they ran. This does bring back memories of the time they ran Spirited Away on CBC and like mm-hmm. cut it for time by 30 minutes. Yeah. They, they, they didn't even know what they were <coughs> dealing with when they yeah. picked that up. Yeah. Um, and to, and towards that end, like the flip side of the CBC is, is on one hand, it's a very, there are aspects of that as an organization that are very forward thinking. And then there's aspects of it as being incredibly calcified. And it's just hard to say where this would land in that, um, off the top. Yeah. Like, it's like, on one hand, the CBC is cool enough that they're selling now retro CBC logo shirts. It's Spencer's Gifts. <laughs> I saw that there the other day. I was walking through the mall. I'm like, well, that's a really, that's the like properly Canadian nostalgia shit. But I'm like, that's one, move. that's, that's one cool person in the company who had yeah. a thought. And that might have been somebody from some other merchandising company to be like, that's a sick logo. Let's license it off of CBC. And the CBC is like, okay. And have no idea that it's now in Spencer's gifts alongside of adult novelty items. For, for that possibility you brought up before where mm-hmm. it turns out that HBO Max actually picked up the whole, nor- all the North American right, streaming rights. And it ends Ghibli up through, it ends up through just, a subsidiary. Or they're, just, they're just sitting on them right now yeah. and they wind up putting them out through a subsidiary that is available in Canada, specifically Crunchyroll. What, what, in betting odds, what, uh, what do you think the chances um, of that possibility it's are? It's a thousand to one, but it's, like, it's from one side it's a thousand to one, on the other hand it's like, New New Warner is just such a different beast than it used to be. It's just it's never the same beast for like more than two days. Well, no, <laughs> that's the thing though. Is it's it's now a much more reliably synergistic company. The fact that like even before the deals were were, were settled, like the fact that like Crunchyroll and Cartoon Network, specifically the Adult Swim division, were already thinking like, yeah, this is going to get sewn up, so we need to start doing work. The fact that the second it was sewn up, part of the announcements that were made for HBO Max is, hey, we're going to get the top tier shit off Crunchyroll and make sure that that's also visible there as a, like, they've got better synergy going than, like, HBO, uh, than um, Showtime and, and CBS do. And they have less excuse, I think, with those two, with that, with the Viacom CBS tie up, as they were corporate siblings before. So it should have been, like, always pretty easy to be like, hey, Sweet, they'd get that stuff rolling again. Instead, it's like, I'm sure they're going to like drag that out because it yeah. inflates subscribers. Meanwhile, rather than keep services up that would technically then say like, as Warner as a corporate entity has this many billion subscribers and meanwhile there's like, it's because they've left these little niche services open, they've been very proactive about saying, hey, we'll roll these things up, we'll move that content over and try and aggregate stuff to really make valuable offerings. Towards that end, they can take a look at, um, I mean, the other thing is, is like Crunchyroll is the oh, second really only to Amazon and Netflix in terms of understanding the value of global play. 
So if any company, if any corporate subsidiary is going to bother their corporate parents to improve their global game, Crunchyroll is like really the best shot for that. Is it still probable? I just, it's a, it's a long shot, but yet it's not impossible. That's what's weird. It's very weird. Yeah, well, the advantage that Crunchyroll has in that area is that they're dealing with content that wasn't tied, had, hadn't already been tied down in mm-hmm. like a, a bunch of different regions across the, the globe to begin with. So yeah. they had, they had a bit of a clean slate in the, uh, in the arena of anime streaming. Yeah. And they use that to their advantage. Yeah, but I mean, it, it means they've, they've built a business pattern around that. So since that's already part of the corporate mindset, like I'm not going to roll them out being like, Hey, this is just another move. It's a natural move for them. It's not, it's not, it would not be, the one thing I got to say about this is it wouldn't be exotic for them. For other players, it'd be very strange. Like, it would be super weird for anybody else who also has a Canadian footprint to get something only for Canada. Funimation isn't going to do it. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's a, that's 10,000 to one. Uh, High yeah, Dive yeah. doesn't have the money. That's 100,000 to Man, one. Man, that'd be funny. <laughs> that would be hilarious. It's like, the one play. Watch, now that I've said that, like, we're going to, like, you're not going to, you're going to finish editing this episode and then the next day there's going to be a fucking press release. <laughs> High Dive has the, has the rights to all Studio Ghibli film streaming, but only in, in Canada. Canada. <laughs> hey, at least they have a Roku app. <laughs> um, hey, wait a second. If it's on Funimation's Roku app, then you can just. Watch it oh yeah, <laughs> there are uh, there are some loopholes you can abuse in the the Funimation Roku app and watch almost everything for free. Um, you, you don't get you don't get to choose whether it's subtitled or dubbed, but it's yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't have to pay for it. Um, so speaking of um, streaming companies that have a presence in Canada, uh, that is a hot topic in a recent um, legislative review panel that took place. So last year, the federal government put together a legislative council called Broadcasting and Telecommunications Legislative Review Panel. It's all right there in the name um, to basically review the entire broadcast system mm. in Canada, everything from the ground up. And a couple of weeks ago, they released the results of their report and their recommendations mm-hmm. for, um, for parliament. And, yeah. uh, I didn't read the whole thing because it is like 250 pages it's long. It's a real policy but paper. It is a, man, it is everything in the kitchen sink in there. And, um, it is, uh, some, some interesting things have certainly come up in that document. Yeah. Uh, there's some definitely, uh, I, I feel like they part of the thing is, is they want to like, Put out the most aggressive possible scenario, knowing our uh, our oligarchy in media will fucking wind that down really hard. Yeah. So no, they just got to not to mention the foreign streaming services. Oh, yeah, no, will like, push back to the point of making a lot of the stuff that they want to do impossible anyway. Um, well, well, I mean, let's. Well, let's, I, th- I think that's the thing is, is they're ask. I think they're over asking intentionally. They know that's like, look, we know we don't. They may not even necessarily want that. Obviously, like, sure, dream stuff, but really, they just want to be in a position where it's all like. An ideal scenario would be like, hey, you have to pay sales tax now. Like that actually yeah. would probably really all they really want out of that is to get like that playing ground evened out because that alone would be a huge, you know, especially if they yeah. said, hey, we're going to take the sales tax. We're going to lock that specifically towards more tax support for CanCon or something like that or t- making the CBC ad free or whatever. Those like if you can just do that. It's a huge leg up over the current yeah. pro, over the current scenarios. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, let's focus mm. on some of the on yeah. some of the points that are brought up. Yeah. They do recommend 
completely restructuring the CBC so it is a ad-free entity it's within like, five years, which is probably the best single proposal in that entire thing, because even people who hate the CBC think that it should be ad-free. Well, it's one um, of those things where it's like, you make it make it like the BBC, yeah. go all in, and then in that you have, you know, CB, like just BBC Worldwide, longer term, once it's an ad-free entity, then its income can start to be like, hey, CBC Worldwide, yeah. you build content to license. Yeah. And make stacks on. Like, and the, and also there, there's also a proposal to change their mandate to focus on mm-hmm. indigenous perspectives mm-hmm. and to take creative risks, mm-hmm. which are, yeah, it's impossible to argue against like those kinds well, of and, proposals. And, 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 well, 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 especially when it's all like, these are harder things to do if you're ad supported. Yeah. If you're not ad supported, if you're publicly supported through, you know, some sort of a, a taxing set aside, um, those be in, and through relicensing, uh, those are a lot easier to take because one, bolder stuff is actually going to be probably easier to relicense than like, here's another like milk toast CBC sitcom. Not, you can't resell that. No one is going to buy yeah. that. Netflix isn't going to be like, oh, we need the international rights. They're not, they're never going to care. It's also nothing that would let you consider making G- CBC gem an international forward facing service. Yeah. Uh, if it's, if it's just vanilla reruns or like milk toast can con that only exists for the tax break, you've got to be set. You're going to be willing to say like, we're going to make prestige television yeah. and it's going to be easier to do if you're not like, uh, but we need to sell ads for, yeah. uh, you know, fucking, uh, Dunkaroos. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, one thing that's interesting, and this has been the case for a few years, but it's especially been the case in the results of this panel mm-hmm. is there is an emphasis on Producing Canadian content mm-hmm. that is global, like world class, something that people from other countries will want to watch. They'll yeah. see this and like, I want to see more of this Canadian stuff. And th- th- we're already seeing this happening. The other, like a f- couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. I made the mistake of mentioning Anne with an E mm-hmm. in one of my tweets mm-hmm. and all these Anne with an E bots started uh, retweeting me and begging for a fourth season of the show. Uh, I felt like I was being like, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that happen that wasn't from some alt-right group. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're using basically the same tactics to try and get through to the CBC to get a fourth season of Anne with an E. Um, I mean, that, all the more that, power that, to that, them, but that but was that, so that, weird. But that goes to show that you can do this stuff and it works. Yeah. And actually, you know what? You could do it with a, you can do it with the goofball comedy. Like, I've been seeing people really let down that Shit's Creek is going to hit its series finale, and I would never have called that. I can't when, believe that how many people are talking about that show. Yeah, like, so it's like, <laughs> the CBC can do this. This just takes the fucking limiters yeah. off the, so that that's all they do. P- people globally are, are like talking about Kim's convenience and corner and, yeah. and those shows. Like they're, they're already starting to pull this off. And if it's, if it's more I, of a central part of their mandate, we'll, we'll definitely see I mean, more of that. Well, I mean, it's like, and I think like, like the CBC has been making stuff that like when we've shown friends up from the States, like stuff like, um, tall boys, they're like, yeah. why can't I, why, why is this, you know, like all you have, like it's, the flip side is yes, television is this hyper oversaturated market at this point in some ways, but that's all the more leverage in some ways a CBC gem would have on a market because they say like, hey, all hits, no garbage, um, all prestige content, reasonable price, and then it's Canada's face the world. Super great soft power play. Um, lets us to con- lets us continue looking good while because no one outside of Canada. Uh, understands like how badly we treat natives, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> things like that. 
Yeah, you, <laughs> like, like it's not making international news at all. Like the not, blockades no. or any of this stuff. That's that's a local issue to us. Yeah, and we can keep it that way if we have CBC Gem as their face <laughs> in the world. <laughs> well, until I, they until they watch our CBC news and they're like, oh, oh, they're, yeah. they're assholes too. Well, here here's here's another thing is that to that to that extent, yeah. the proposals are in line with mm. CBC's current strategy. Yeah, but like. Right now, Catherine Tate, the CEO of CBC, she does not want the service to go ad-free, so it's definitely pushing them towards some things they don't want to do as much. I feel um, like, and I think I think they'll succeed, and I think it will be a good thing ultimately and help CBC get past some of the ways it it holds itself back. It's, it's I think, like especially when you consider like how even public television stations in the United States sometimes punch above their belt in terms of creating content that then has redistributable uh, uh, value, um, even in smaller markets like Seattle's KCTS, you know, co-produced Bill Nye the Science Guy with Disney. Yeah. Um, and they also did, you know, they did a bunch of other content that was then redistributed to other PBS stuff. And then these days would probably be streaming fodder. You can have pretty small organizations, but if their mandate is to make something that's supposed to drive viewership, and specifically in, of course, in PBS's case, is drive donations, but, like, the modern version of that is is that you drive relicensing outside of your country, or drive uh, inter- uh international viewers to your national streaming service, or whatever. This is something that you can achieve, and Canada's got, like, plenty of scale in which to do it and plenty of creatives with which to do it. It's just got to be the job. It can't be just, mm-hmm. it can't just be, well, we support creative, Canadian creatives making anything as long as they get, we'll give them a tax credit for anything. It's like, no, get picky. And then getting picky, you'll like actually get way bigger returns on investment. Um, not just in terms of being able to make the service self-supporting, but also in terms of Canada's image to the world, soft power, cool Canada, Initiative, yeah. <laughs> except effective. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the whole reason that this this whole strategy that's being proposed and pushed mm-hmm. and grounded towards more is it's all in, of course, in response to big global streaming players that have disrupted mm-hmm. the market. And this is a, probably the more contentious aspect mm-hmm. of um of of the uh of the of this legislative review is regulating those services. Now, in terms of regulating internet access, mm-hmm. there's some great stuff. No, the, um, the, the stuff, there, 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 there's, there's specific internet-related stuff, and we yeah. should take it a quick aside before we get into the streaming yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. What they've got for that makes a lot of sense, which is, hey, if you're not going to build rural broadband, we are, we're going to make this stuff happen, because we understand that that is the, the way forward, and it's very uh, cost-effective, too. It's a very good way of getting uh, more content to more underserved communities. You can't be saying... Uh, you know, like there's, there's towns in, 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 uh, Canada where it's like, if you want high speed internet, like you're either in the little court, little downtown core of that little place, but if you're outside of it, they want to charge you twenty, fifty thousand dollars uh, to run the line out to your place. And then they will then wire up everybody else who is along that line. Yeah. And they make the consumer pay for it. That is just shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. If that's, if that's the only way Shaw or Bell or whoever can do it, it needs to be a national initiative then. And then they can be, Shaw and Bell and whatever can be just like the way tech savvy or these other players are. You can, you can be, you can be a player on the state owned line. Yeah. I mean, the, 
the ideal way to do it, mm-hmm. and I think you hear this a lot with when it comes to dealing with the last mile, yeah. uh, is how they do it in Japan, essentially. Where if, if we did it the way they do it in Japan mm-hmm. for internet distribution, basically the the infrastructure would still be owned by like Bell mm-hmm. and Telus and, mm-hmm. and Shaw and Rogers and those companies. Mm-hmm. However, they would be only be wholesalers, yeah. and they would not be selling it direct to consumers. Yeah. They would have to sell the like er, consumers would only be, deal with third parties like tech savvy or yeah. v media so that you have those ultimate companies. competition yeah. so that you have 50 people serving your house yeah. not one and the, the thing is is like sean and, and these companies don't want to be in that position like monopoly position the fact that like cable at all operates that way in canada is of course dramatically different to the way it operates in uh, the united states and it is a it is to the chagrin of our telecom providers that they have to, to deal with this at all but we're still underserved because of this. So they're like the CTRC basically has to step in. It becomes like rural electrification was in the United States and Canada's uh, in, in, um, in the, in the 1930s and 1940s. It just simply has to be a top down yeah. federal initiative because you, no one's going to, you know, like, Oh, it's just not enough market. Well, too bad. That's all of Canada. That's how yeah. Canada works. So unfortunately, the recommendations don't go far quite, enough. Don't quite go far enough that, there. But it's still a big improvement over how things are, and it probably would make I, differences in terms of I, I am hoping cross-country connectivity. And I do, well. and I do hope that the 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 various and sundry low Earth satellite broadband internet projects do provide some competition. But then again, that's something Canada could theoretically take a lead in. We have all of these science yeah. for that. We just again, you get a modicum of vision, and it's. Sad that even noted jerk off Elon Musk has that more so than our federal government. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's get back to the regulation of, of the streaming services. So mm-hmm. that is probably one of the most contentious proposals in this, and a big reason for that is because it's not really clear what they want to do. And I think a big it's, reason for that is because they what they want the things that they have proposed are mm-hmm. not really possible. Yeah. Uh, notably. As far as I can tell in this document, they don't bring up anything about quotas or well, making services carry like 30% Canadian it's, content that, that, or that's something. Impo- that's impossible. Like yeah. there's no way to make quotas well, as we you, know it works. The EU is trying. They're, they I, try something like that and we don't – it hasn't been implemented yet. So we don't e, know how it's going to The EU is go. also a market of 500 million people, not 40. <laughs> yeah. That The like, EU has a vastly different math behind it. And I mean it's, it's, it's strictly speaking the largest single – He's even at, with UK out of it is the largest single market. Um, and by any sort of reasonable facts in terms of how Brexit's going to go, the, Britain's going to be following effectively EU rules. So it's a still yeah. going such that like England doesn't implode as a, <laughs> the United Kingdom doesn't implode as a country. Um, for the purposes of any sort of media regulation like this, you can still probably much call it a 500 million pers- person market as such. Yeah, they can try and ask stuff. Also, all of them have – each little country has fairly vibrant production stuff. And if you're going to serve those languages, serve serve those countries anything in like German or French or something like that, you're – where are you where are you importing the content you're going to get? It's a way easier to fill the quota when just to fill what you need for a service. Also, <laughs> dubbing will very likely count towards that, exactly. that quota as well. And so like it's very easy to like – you can like – for the purposes of Netflix Germany, uh, yeah, pretty easy to have 50% German content. 100%, you probably closer to like 90. Cause you're gonna have like American stuff and then like anything else you're gonna wanna watch is gonna be probably be made in like what, Germany or Austria? 
Like how much of it's going to be made? Whichever, whichever is cheaper. Yeah, it's going to be made somewhere in German by German people, maybe in a foreign country, but for the purposes of any sort of, you know, uh, content minimums would would fit. Like it's like Canada is such a unique issue for that because really the only other market that's smaller that has the same problems is Australia, and then it's like it's it's never quite tried to necessarily put like it's not tried to push like Ozcon <laughs> in the same way. And it may just because it's that much smaller that it like, that's completely out of the, the out of the idea. The big difference is that they're not attached to the United States. Yeah. So we, they, they, well, yeah. no, 95% of the populace isn't within the border of a much, a, a, a country that's nearly an order of magnitude larger. <laughs> yeah. And New, New Zealand, however, is more yeah. of a situation comparable to Canada, yeah. but where that's, that's another topic there. Separate episode. Yeah, separate episode. Um, so yeah, their, their proposals for doing something in place of a quota, mm-hmm. it, it has to do with like trying to get information on algorithms and figuring out how to make Canadian content quote unquote discoverable or visible. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not really clear how they would implement something like that. And it, and it well, depends on those companies providing their information. If you've ever watched the, um, there, there was one legislative review at the uh, at the CRTC where a representative from Netflix mm-hmm. was talking to then mm-hmm. uh, CRTC commissioner uh, head lead commissioner mm-hmm. uh, Blaze, mm-hmm. and he kept asking them over and over and over and over again why you're not providing your user data as you requested, and they just kept giving the same PR response over and over again, and Blaze just got fed up and stormed out. He was so angry. I'm pretty sure the clip of that is on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, I encourage you to check it out. It is an amazing moment. Um, but yeah, it, getting that kind of information requires the cooperation of those companies, which is not going to happen. Also, I mean, there are privacy concerns as well, and this is something that... I think they don't necessarily need... It doesn't necessarily need to be all the way to like that, but I, I think the easiest thing that you could mandate, and they'd have very little... In and simply say, we're doing this or we're blocking your service or some shit like that, which would be, of course, incredibly controversial, but it would be, you need to, you need to twist their arm. Or you, you like, either say like, you do this or we're ta- we're gonna, we, we will Netflix tax you specifically yeah. or something like that. Is you need to say like, hey, uh, when the Canadian ver- like, when they, when you're, when this surface, when this uh, service opens up in Canada, when you open, when you hit their landing page, you're starting with a bar of CanCon. You're, li- you're highlighting the Canadian properties yeah. first, regardless of your algorithm. Well, that- and that would be very simple for any of these services to do. All of these things can, you know, like this, like from a computer science standpoint, from an implementation standpoint, it's the lightest work thing you could ask them to do. Yeah. It'd be one dev effing around. So there's no excuse for them not to simply say, when you, I'm visiting from the blank region, I'm highlighting content from that region first, then X. Or, okay, whatever we suggest for the viewer, there, there you know, like viewer phase, you know, or things you, your, your bookmarks, and then, Second line is Canada. But Same, I mean, like, even when I take a look at, like, how the Fire Stick works in terms of what it lands on, there's no reason that when Amazon is listing off stuff, that here's stuff that we have, just list off stuff that's Canadian. But I think that's Canadiana. a bit, I think that's a misconception. I don't think the idea is to create a, or if you're going to do this, if you're going to, if you are going to try to do this route effectively, mm-hmm. the, the best way to do it is not to make a separate bar for mm-hmm. Canadian content, but to make sure that Canada is represented in all the other categories that people would normally gravitate to. Uh, again, and, that, and that's again, why, and that's again, why that's, you would need. I don't think you necessarily it's still to access to like the, the you algorithms. Don't, you stuff. don't necessarily need it from their side, but you need to tell them that like, we're going to analyze it from our side. And we, if we find it uh, unsubstantive, 
You don't you don't need this stuff up front. Asking for it up front is gives them cover to the point where I wonder if that's the point. That if you ask for it up front, you give them the excuse to blow you off and you're like, good, we didn't really want to have to fucking deal with this anyways. Um whereas if you what you say is like, look, we're gonna monitor this, we're gonna see what you are and aren't highlighting, knowing that you can change the balance some way. And if we're not seeing uh for people accessing it from Canada sufficient highlighting of this in each category, knowing in fact that you we are producing things in these categories. Um as they're you know, like if we see new content being go up on your service from Canada and we don't see it highlighted in the relevant genres, you know, then you build into that pressure. Yeah. That's the angle. Yeah. I this is raising, Boil the frog. Yeah. This whole <laughs> approach is raising a lot of concerns for people like Michael Geist, who's the mm prolific copyright lawyer who yeah. appears on the news a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he is very much against this. I I think he's overreacting a little bit and a few other groups as well. Um, I, I mean, I can understand the concerns, but I don't think that this is a realistic Big Brother kind of situation I, that people think. Even when it comes to the news content, that's another aspect of it, how they want to try and regulate social media networks and how I feel and, like- and, and how reliable news sources pop up, which, to be honest... Canada's not going to succeed in doing it itself. I think we're going to start seeing more countries holding like Facebook and Twitter accountable for content that gets posted it's, that's, on there. That's going to be much more yeah. an EU thing again. You need a market. Yeah. You need a market that actually gives a damn about its civics and citizens. That's larger than 40 million people. You yeah. need a 500 million person market that basically says that, that could unquestionably say like, if you fuck this up, we will build a competitor to this. We will make it also very clear to our populace why they shouldn't screw with you because you're bad people. And like they're in a, they're in a much bigger, they've got a way bigger lever to like pull down on. Well, um, I mean, we'll see about that, but well, no, like, like, but, I mean, as it, no, as it stands, like just GPRD, just the regulations regarding cookies and all this stuff has been like tech, you know, you said d- jump and tech had to say how high. And anytime they've been caught not doing that, they have been slamming these people with that. Yeah. They're very aggressive about that. It's much more like the U.S. used to be in the 90s back when they would stomp on Microsoft for being shits. Yeah. Um, and actually much more important that they do so because the operating system isn't nearly as important as, as it turns out as what's coming through it. Yeah. A billion people use Windows. Two billion people use Facebook. It's been a while since we've had a big rollover between social network services, but I mean, even as it stands general, generationally, you know, you know, Zoomers don't fuck with Facebook. That's where their parents are. That's where their grandparents are. They're not going to hang out there. They, 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 they'll move, they'll gravitate to something else, which is by virtue of being smaller, isn't yet considering these things and yeah. has different modes of communication and may have different, uh, pitfalls. Um, from, you know, uh, media, you know, medium is a message standpoint, like the underlying medium is changing so rapidly now that you'll, you'll sort out Facebook and maybe keep boomers from going like full Nazi. And meanwhile, something else will be like, like it's just, we can have some faith in zoomers for now, at least, or that at least they're incubating yeah. some kind of resistance to all this, but everyone pose zoomer. Is going to be around for a while. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, and we know plenty of millennials who are assholes as, yeah. as millennials ourselves. So Exactly. Mill- millennials, I think, will, 
wind up being almost, if not just as bad as boomers. <laughs> I don't know. Point, it's going to be but... 50, it's, it's going to be one of those really 50 50 things. Yeah. Cause it's going to like, we're going to have like, we're going to have like just straight up like tankies and then just like Nazis. That's all we're going <laughs> to, that's all it's going to be. You're going to be one or the other. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> like as a generation, we have some degree of internet skepticism, but it is not necessarily the norm unless you grew up in a place where you had that way early such that you essentially culturally are probably closer in a sense to uh, a zoomer in as much as you, you grew up not trusting the internet. And I don't feel like every, I don't feel like that's there for every millennial. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, we, we got off track. Yeah. Way off that. track. Anyway, the reason I brought this up, yes. obviously with this cultural policy regulation mm-hmm. of um, streaming services, like as we mentioned before, the real, the real thing they want. Yeah is to charge GST onto these services and get them to pay into the Canadian Media Fund. Yeah. Which I, is re- that is perfectly reasonable. It's not going to be easy to get them to do that, but it is achievable. Personally, I hope it happens. And, and that may and that be, be, be the other reason they're asking so big is that, like, we will either ask for the most absurd thing or you can pay a bit of taxes. Yeah. Like, it's like a shakedown. But it's the legitimate one. But, like, that's the, it's a shakedown approach, knowing that, like, look, we are a country of 40 million people these are services with half a billion people they can easily be like f it yeah so you gotta sort of yeah we just it's so tough we don't have leverage so you just gotta kind of you gotta you gotta punch it from whatever angle you can take and then hope that at the very least you can take a take take a cut of of what's coming into that you have to you have to pick your battles yeah. for sure, and very—it's very obvious that the whole point of this mm-hmm. is the or the targets are Netflix, mm-hmm. they're Amazon, they're Disney. Yeah, I don't think they really care about anyone else, but they don't. As far as we can tell, these right these proposals, mm-hmm. and, and I gotta emphasize again, these are not actual. They haven't even. These, been, these are not these are, actual rules that are being proposed or rules that are being these haven't, considered. These haven't been considered is, as laws. These are general policy yeah. proposals that then, in practice, in Canada, would then go to committees that would try and say, yeah. "Here's a proposal. What does this mean in practice?" At which point, that's probably where you're going to consider, like, "Hey, there are niche services that will never have anything probably to do with Canada." Yeah. Well, that, and that brings us to the point: Is this going to affect? The Crunchyroll, services we care about, like Crunchyroll, High Dive, Funimation, I, uh, I, I, D services. Now that he, he, you now, want the odds on that, we're, we're, we're thousand okay, to one. Let's, let's it do the happen. Anime streaming. Okay, here's the first okay. possibility. Go through go through each possibility. Mm-hmm. Anime streaming services are just explicitly exempt from regulation. Um, that's ten thousand one. I don't I don't see them explicitly carving out something just for anime. <laughs> if they carve it out, it will be for specialty services. In other words, if you're carrying something genre yeah. specific. Okay, gonna, it's for specialty services. Specialty service, specialty services. I could actually see very likely. So enough so that I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to be the guy trying to cover a bet on that because I'm probably going to lose. I can see them cutting it out because even if they don't specifically consider it for anime, there's too many other specialties. Like this does just reality. Again, you're not. I mean, it would be easier for other for other genres versus mediums. And I know, I know Netflix wants to mess with that definition. Okay. Leave that for other podcasts. Uh, yeah. Um, but more seriously, um, it just seems like, you know, like, are you gonna, are you gonna try and, let's take another sort of smaller player that does do some direct stuff, Shout Factory. I don't yeah. see, I don't see them stomping on Shout Factory. And honestly, smaller services like that, genre content tends to not like we get lots of English language genre can con because we're a cheap place to shoot and yeah. these are not high budget mediums. You're not, 
you're not caking when you're making a horror film or some indie drama or whatever. So that's like, I feel like they're going to be, if like, if only on accident, they'll be, they'll cut out a hole that it, which would be immediately be sheltering anime services. Cause you're just going to say like another thing, like, even if it's not by medium, they may say like, unless you are of gross number of, you know, p- percentage of population, Canadian revenues, something. They'll cut out. And of course, a hole. we we don't know what any of those numbers are for any of these services. We can only speculate. We can only guess. Um, but um, I mean, I uh, Crunchyroll is still like it's still at six ninety nine a month yeah. in Canada. It is six ninety nine US. Yeah. I don't understand why they don't write. Why well, they haven't brought the prices up? Well, I and mean, y- and yet still have that stupid restriction where after thirteen uh, thirteen weeks you can't access something that's in the archive or in the um without a subscription. Yeah, without a subscription. Which is ridiculous. But also other possibility is that the uh the whatever regulations we get by the end of the year or whatever yeah, right. don't create any kind of distinction in streaming services for specialty specialty services or anything like that. But Anime services still just fall through the cracks because they don't, they don't even, even know they exist. Yeah, or don't, no, no, I, 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 I'm going to put it this way. I would put that as maybe, I guess that would be equally as likely. Like, and again, I, I, it's not a bet I would want to take because it just seems like, hey, uh, Canada forgetting that this medium exists. We kind of already got that. Uh, like our, our various and sundry distributors and, and retailers don't always remember anime exists. So why should regulation? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, what, what do you think? And we could, we could probably already get a preview of this mm. with what certain provinces are doing with uh, mm. their provincial sales tax on mm. streaming services. Um, I think that's but, right. I think, but I th- anime streaming services have to charge GST and pay into the Canadian Media Fund. What do you think the chances of that are? Uh, GST, yes, Canadian Media Fund would be something I think they would rightfully push back on because the only one that would ever conceivably eventually, like, the only one that could ever conceivably get something back off of that would be Crunchyroll on the basis of either original co-production, as they are gradually playing with that. So why not, if you're going to do some of this stuff, why not try and, and, and you already have talent in Canada that's used to doing overseas co-productions with Japan. So it's like, I could see them not pushing back on the basis of, don't worry, yeah. we're gonna, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna rinse ahead on this. Well, the, the, um, pre- the premise here I'm mm-hmm. suggesting is that they're, they're not actually carrying any Canadian yeah. content, but yeah. still have to contribute to the fund because I think they're very part much. of the ecosystem. I think, I think, no, I don't think any specialty service, and that would go for everybody, if they're not carrying Canadian content, they're not going to want it, um, at all, they're going to push back on. They'll, now, they'll, the, the sales tax, they know that they can't push back on because if they do, they're going to turn around and probably be slapped with some sort of like, I guess you've got to have a show where somebody is talking after. Well, you're have to, <laughs> well, there's that possibility, but also the other possibility, what if they are required to carry Canadian content, but address this by carrying Canadian dubs on their service? I would think that would be, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, well, and that would be the other side of where Crunchyroll would be able to get at this and Funimation and, and really Realistically, High Dive wouldn't. Is yeah, High Dive. Crunchy, Crunchy High Dive would be the one I'd be worried about. <laughs> well, no, but Crunchyroll would be like, fine, we'll just produce our dubs in Canada, like whatever, and we'll then and we'll ring you for every fucking tax credit we can in the process um, to punish you for taking for for making us do this. Um, yeah, I could see it from that angle. Um, I could also like a, a worst case would be is they just do cheater deals with like cookie jar to have like some <laughs> just for like anime styles what weird that like every <laughs> streaming service now has my life me <laughs> every anime streaming service 
That would be the, now that's a 10,000 to one, but it would be the most hilarious response. It's like, well, we've got CanCon now. We're highlighting it. <laughs> yeah. And it would be even better if, you know, they carry it in every country. And, oh. and, the, and the, we could spread the good word of my life me <laughs> to everyone. That is Crunch what this legislation will ultimately accomplish. <laughs> that would be the, that would be the hell world punishment option for the CTRC is like, hey, you know what Canada's soft power face to the world is? Fucking Birch and Miyazaki Lee. <laughs> All right. Well, fi- final possibility yeah. for this scenario. Mm. Anime streaming services like Crunchyroll and Funimation or High Dive have to carry Canadian content and make contributions to the system, and as a result, they leave the country entirely. Um, I can't see Sony or Warner letting that slide. I would see them, I, basically I think they would go to their corporate parents and be like, they're being mean to us, <laughs> and we get legal. High Dive might have to, like, let it ride, but I also don't think, High Dive is so niche, I just don't see them get, like, what are you gonna do? Like, you're gonna beat up some tiny little company out of, out of Houston. You really, this is, this is your move. This is what you're gonna focus on. This is what you're gonna get dunked on, on Twitter for. No, like, I, I don't see them leaving because it's just like, also be a, by virtue of the fact that it's an international thing, it's a like, that's the kind of shit that would then be on other countries' news. If you, if you said Canadian, in Canada, anime distributors have had to leave due to new Canadian regulations. That's on NHK World every 15 minutes for a couple of days, maybe maybe weeks, maybe for as long as it finishes. And yeah, you think like, well, not everybody watches. It's like the whole idea behind all the CTRC stuff is improving Canada's face and soft power to the world. Nothing would as easily fuck up that bag as doing something that... <laughs> restricted international content from non-American creatives. America, hey, yeah, like especially right now, no one's no one no one's no one's gonna flinch if you say fuck 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 America regarding uh content. Especially, I mean, even if you're like even if you're into media and stuff, perhaps especially if you're into media stuff, you're like fuck all this like aggregation and 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 monopolization. Cool. That's not what anime is. Yeah. <laughs> really, all you'd be doing is saying like, hey, all these Canadians that were in a position of supporting streaming services that were then sending royalties back to Japanese publishers that, again, weren't necessarily always paying their animators, but they're going to pay them even less if that money ain't coming in. It's just like the whole story is you. the more you pick it apart, the worse it would look. So I don't see them doing that because if, if, if assuming they remembered to take that initiative, if they follow through on it at all, it's a disaster. Yeah, it, it just shows, again, just going back to the fact that a lot of these proposals just don't take actual realistic optics into account whatsoever. Well, and I think that's like, a big reason of why we're not like even even the proposals that will go through are probably going to be softened significantly. Um, you, you, to the point where it's just going to result in them getting those few things it, that they it's, really it's, want it's done. Really, all they want are like they don't even really give a shit about like GST for like the smaller services. They want GST and Canadian uh creative fund uh contributions from the major services that are effectively actually taking like Anime viewers were never watching CTV anyways, but regular folks were, and that's who's, that's where the balance is, is like, okay, our domestic networks are being watched less by our general population in favor of these other things. Therefore, we should tax them the way we jack, the way we tax the networks and have them, and have them input into funds the way we had those networks input. 
those two things are the those are the big news items. There's a couple uh, smaller things I wanted to bring up. Don't worry, all that speculation will be wrong. You just wasted yeah. 40 minutes of your time. <laughs> so late last year, Viz made a surprising announcement that they are putting their content for the first time directly on Crunchyroll. Uh, so if you know if you live in Canada, you know, and li- or if you fo- if you watch anime legally mm-hmm. and live in Canada, you know that Viz is has been a thorn in our side for streaming for many years because they have worked almost exclusively with Hulu with only a couple of exceptions, usually Tubi TV. And they've been rather notorious for always, no no matter what they do, Mm -hmm. they always refuse to work with Crunchyroll. Might just be a, you know, might be a San Francisco thing. Yeah. Um, but they really resisted it and they finally put some of the, some titles on their service for the first time. Uh, and this is no doubt connected to the fact that Viz is going to act as the home video distributor mm-hmm. for Crunchyroll now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is because they are owned by Warner and, mm-hmm. or, I'm um, sorry, because Crunchyroll is owned by Warner mm-hmm. and, and AT&T and Warner already had a distribution deal in place with Viz. Yeah. So funny how that worked out in the end. Again, Warner actually has their synergy game on lockdown. Yeah. And if you are wondering, I, I, I would say there's one other aspect though to it too, which is now that Hulu is eventually going to be a Disney service, I think that makes it all and and still no no ETA on internationalization probably even less so because the international push yeah. for Disney is going to be Disney Plus. I think Viz is taking a look at that, being like, "This is never going to scale for us." I I, I wouldn't may, maybe we'll I see. I think there's a bit we, of that. The thing is that we don't really know how Hulu is going to change. And just just on the note of mm-hmm. Viz doing the yeah. home video distribution, if you're wondering why mm-hmm. titles like a place further from the universe, or mm-hmm. Mob Psycho mm-hmm. 100 season two. Mm-hmm. Why that stuff is all not getting released on home video? I'm pretty sure it's all held up in that deal right now, and we're gonna see that stuff eventually I come out of it. It's just gonna be like but, they wanted to make sure that they had a, a reasonable pipeline yeah. of stuff to feed. That's them. that's what I'm expecting, but we'll we'll see what happens. Viz can take a, a long time with these things sometimes. Viz is not engineered the same way that High Dive and Funny are. To yeah. Hammer that stuff out. I mean, honestly, even even Discotech as a distributed international weird entity is more has a more probably a way more proactive home video pipeline yeah. at this point. Yeah, but the thing is that with Hulu, we still don't really know what's going to happen with that service beyond yeah. the fact that it's probably going to fundamentally change when their contracts with NBC and CBS run out, which I think is either next year or the year after. It's got to be pretty soon because yeah. NBC's already got their service, Peacock, whenever in, in Pe- planning. Whenever Peacock launches, yeah, when that's, Pe- that's probably when they're yeah. pulling out. And, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. When Peacock launches, that's going to be enough of a thing that, you know, certainly once, I mean, I can't, honestly, I'm surprised CBS hasn't tried to, like, buy it out or finish it sooner just to drive more uh, energy into all access because, you know, it can't just be Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we don't know what it's going to look like, but currently, mm-hmm. the entire bread and butter, the fundamental mm-hmm. driving force of Hulu as a service in the United States is that they have those next day mm-hmm. streams of U.S. network television. Right. And once NBC and CBS are out, that's over. Mm-hmm. They only have ABC, and it's going to be restructured into something different. I wouldn't be surprised if they drop even drop ads. And when they, we'll see. That's well. I, mean, I think that's as, totally as up they, right Like now. the thing that's weird but, to me right now is that they're doing these bundles, and the only and they're basically bundling two very similar services together plus ESPN. And I'm just like, at some point, you're like, if if ABC is if it's just just exists for ABC, and even if you said like, well, we'll put FX stuff on there too, it's like, 
I still don't just say, like, unless you really think the Disney brand can't have that stuff anywhere adjacent to it, so you're trying to use it as, like, this is your premium. Like, I just don't see the, I don't see the upside in just not rolling that stuff under. If only, again, to make sure that you're getting cross-pollination, the viewer is keeping people engaged. Like, not everybody's going to be wanting to watch Marvel and Star Wars and Pixar shit on Disney all the time, and it's, like, if the second they have to leave to look at something else... They're not necessarily going to pick Hulu. They're going to look at Amazon yeah. or they're going to look at Netflix. So there's a, there's, a, there's so much market pressure on Disney to just simply wrap that up, I think, and simply say, Hey, everybody with a Hulu Plus subscription, it's going to become a Disney subscription. If you have a Disney subscription, we're going to merge stuff I, together. I think they, like, they very much want to keep them separate. It's a, it's a whole touchstone Hollywood pictures kind of thing. I guess. And, cause, cause Disney Plus is strictly up to PG 13. Everything else goes to Hulu. That's that's their strategy. That's such, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. It's, I, it's such a weird strategy, and I still yeah. see them trying to integrate somehow. I, some way they're going to try and make this so that you're not context switching at the very least. Well, they're already bundling in the U.S. Yeah, no, so. but by bundling, it's like at some point here they can't. At some point, there's going to be a unified app, at least. Even if it's two separate subscriptions, you don't want yeah. them leaving because, like, I understand, like, from a user experience standpoint, the second you leave. You don't leave to go to a specific other thing. You leave and then you're on the screen with everything. Yeah. And that just seems... Even with Disney, there's only so much they can do yeah. about that. But the point is, depending... Hulu was going to fundamentally change in some way. Yep. That's probably going to mark the point where it expands to Canada and other regions. When that thing that's keeping it U.S. exclusive right yeah. now finally just fizzles out. Yeah. And... The question is, when that fundamental change happens, is that same incentive for Viz going to stick with them right now, which is, again, the fact that they get the highest ad revenue for Hulu, their Japanese parent company, I think, prefers to have things that way. It's never really been clear. But that ad revenue they get from Hulu is very substantial, and that's a big reason why they keep certain titles exclusive to it. Now, this Crunchyroll announcement, Mm -hmm. uh, it was a little – it was got me excited at first, but it was – Ultimately, a little disappointing because mm. all of the content that Viz has on Crunchyroll right mm. now mm. is the same content that they have had on Netflix mm. over the last few years. Like they, have, for instance, they have Inuyasha, yeah. whereas Hulu has all of Inuyasha, mm. Crunchyroll, and Netflix have only the first two seasons of Inuyasha. Mm. It almost seems like Viz has designated part of their library as something that they're willing to put on multiple different services. Yeah. Uh, but there's a certain part of their library that they have marked off as being only for Hulu and nobody else, and they still have not budged on that. Um, and it seems that this decision to start working with Crunchyroll hasn't changed that at all. It may be something that, t- that they don't uh, rush towards. Yeah. So you got, like, the rest of Inuyasha, you got Rama 1 half, yeah. you got um, a, f- a few other titles that just they refuse to put on anything else. Yeah. And it's really frustrating, especially given that those many of those are Canadian dubbed titles as well. Yeah. Uh, which is just kind of rubs more salt in the I mean, I suppose that would be like a again, uh, how how what happens if 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 CanCon becomes a mandatory thing for stuff, maybe that's when Viz can make a killing. <laughs> just ru- just ringing uh Crunchyroll and Funimation and uh, High Dive for syndication rights. Yeah. So they, they'll all have the same stuff. They'll all just have dubbed Viz content to make up the gap. All right. <laughs> so I I got a few, just a, just a couple possible outcomes here. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you think, if you're placing bets mm-hmm. or holding bets, the chances are that over the next year or so, Viz con- this Viz content that's already mm-hmm. sectioned off into Hulu mm-hmm. simply remains unavailable in Canada, and nothing changes, as has been the case for the last six or seven years. 
I mean, whenever you're whenever you're on the default, you just you know, bureaucracy emotion tends to stay emotion, and unless something interrupts that specific deal, maybe they just let it ride. Um, so unless something like you know, like I think if nothing else changes about Hulu, um, besides the NBC and CBS content leaving, there's a possibility that um. You know, and by then, and then by which I mean also then they stay in as a U.S. exclusive service and so on. Um, yeah, it's just pro- it's too pos- possible. I wouldn't want to take a bet on it. I would I would I'd, I'd lose money on it because like <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's the most likely outcome. I can't win on that one. Uh, yeah, because I mean, there's so many factors because we don't know how Hulu. Well, no, no, the, no, no. As those so. other things start to come in, like now, if Hulu pulls the the the, the lucrative ad money out of that. And it's only subscriber money, and it's not necessarily somehow more lucrative for them. Um, and so it starts to change the economics of it, where they're like, "Well, when we want Crunchyroll's ad money too, we want other services. Uh, we want other, you know, deals." I could see that expanding um, to other ser- like not necessarily Crunchyroll per se. Maybe they'll maybe Netflix will cut them a better check or something up front, and maybe that'll be more interesting. It really depends on how the like. Crunchyroll, we know, with the stuff they license directly, is essentially taking chunks out of your sub- subscriber money and sending that back home to Japan. Now, how it works with this sub-license stuff, I don't know if it's the same or different. If it's the same, they'll, they might be like, well, hey, it's that's reliable and ongoing income, so we'll do that, that, and we'll take our chunks of that, and we'll take the ad dollars from the U.S., even if they're not as strong, um, because Crunchyroll obviously just isn't in a position to charge as much as Hulu. Um, for the, for those, uh, streaming ad spot, spots, I'd say that's like, you know, uh, 5.1, you know, it's like, it's not unlikely, but it's not, it's not, uh, super likely either, but it's like, you know. What, what do you, what do you think of yours are that the Viz kind of does move to Crunchyroll? Like, this fully straight up? Yeah. Mm, 10 to 1, like, it's not unreasonable, yeah. but like, it's, uh, like, if, if things change, Crunchyroll, the fact that, the fact that they added Crunchyroll to that, Stuff that they've been also putting out on Viz, or also been putting out on Netflix and Tubi, is very interesting because like that really shows them hedging some bets. It's like, hey, um, this is an opportunity to monetize this and get royalties from yet another set. And they may literally, I mean, part of the reason they may have done it is they may literally be sitting here with like, here's what we're making from Netflix streaming, here's what we're making from Crunchyroll streaming per stream, and here's what we're making from Tubi streaming per stream, and how many streams are we doing, so what's the net revenue, yeah. or gross revenue of these services for us, and they may simply take a look at, of these things that we're dealing with, where's the biggest bag, or are we best off treating, you know, you're right, this is owned by a Japanese company. We know that Japanese companies show no loyalty in where they stream in Japan. Everything yeah. goes everywhere. Yeah. And they may be taking a look at Hey, maybe we can be the first to make this move in the US and Canada. And that would be very interesting because they may just say like, screw exclusivity. We're looking for long-term money and we get the most long-term money if people don't have to chase our See, content they, if like we you, come to their home. The key thing, the thing is that that hasn't happened yet and it, well, could, no, no. And it could happen now. Well, no, it hasn't happened yet, but the thing is the, they're, they're, they're beta testing. That's why they're not putting out the whole seasons because it's, it's way easier to say like, here is legacy content. Here's content that we know people have probably already watched. But it's just, it's so just, there's is there, still this firm line between the stuff that's on I Hulu think, and I, everything else. No, I think that firm line is right now them testing the market. Okay. Well, I think it's them trying to say like, what's our better move? Okay. Well, on the flip side, 
what would you say the chances are that Hulu within the next like year, year and a half or something mm-hmm. does launch in Canada and brings all the anime, including the titles one. with it? It's very unlikely. <laughs> I don't think we're, I don't think Hulu, I think part of launching Hulu, uh, in Canada would be trying to launch it fully, fully, which wouldn't even just be the anime. Hulu has live TV offerings in the United States, and I would want to, I would think. I think all that stuff's gonna disappear. You think that's gonna go yeah. away? Yeah. Or, or it's gonna come, or might, might merge with FX or something. Well, no, know. no. They, but, they like have like a, basically a mock cable yeah. off offering. I would see them, if they're launching it, if they start to want to launch that internationally, I can see that being part of their plans and then being even a blocker if they can't, um, act on it. And I think they'd be hard to act on in Canada because we've had nobody really offering over the top. Yeah. The closest we get to IPTV type solutions is gray market stuff, which is just, that doesn't count. Um, and, uh, the way V media happens to offer its television is effectively an IPTV solution yeah. as opposed to a traditional I mean, there's, cable there's solution. There's also Bell and mm-hmm. Shaw is starting to lean towards... But, I mean, that's, but those are integrated things. Like, you yeah, have the same yeah. thing with Xfinity and Frontier in the States. Right, right. Uh, all yeah. these things have apps. I'm talking about third-party, over-the-top, uh, linear access. Um, can't, America's rife with options for that, so much so that some of them are sh- shutting down, RIP, PlayStation, television. Um, but nobody's touched that here yet, and I think that there's going to be certain things... When you have services that aren't as explicitly delineating those, when those things are tiers in a service as opposed to separate services, i.e. the difference between YouTube originals and, and those things versus YouTube TV is these very separated services, whereas Hulu, these are all in the same app, I can see them wanting to wait on international until they can do that. Um and therefore we get we get no Hulu. So that's why I think Hulu's so unlikely for us, is because to launch it, they're gonna want to launch all of it. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I think I, I, I think we'll get it, but it's just, it's not gonna, they're gonna wait until it's been stripped down significantly. And I, it's gonna, it's not gonna, it's not gonna have everything. And I think, if I, would, they, I think if they start stripping it down significantly, like if it starts to be, like, it can't become too much of a skeleton service. It can't just be the R-rated only service, cause then like, at that point, for all the effort you can, uh, of launching it internationally, at what point do you just start working with local partners? Cause it's such, it's such a narrow chunk of yeah. the market. That's why I don't see them leaving it standing yeah. up on its own. It's not, it's not a ton That's of revenue. Di- Disney definitely wants to launch it internationally, <coughs> but it's, it's really like a big mess of a service that they've inherited that they, they're not going to be, a, even For Disney the- is not going to be able to do as much of it as, as much as they want to do with it until well, they make significant changes to it. Well, and, and, and in making those That's going to compromise it. Yeah, exactly. In yeah. making significant changes to it. If Hulu becomes the, goes from being, this was TV everywhere for everyone with next day streaming to this just has like R-rated TV shows and content that we can't stuff on Disney Plus, yeah. which we really was what we want to lean into. At what point do you just sort of say like, this is a weird mess of stuff. It's lucrative, but it's never going to be wide market. Like, at what point do you almost consider saying, like, this is weird prestige shit. We don't care. It doesn't make us billions of dollars. At what point do you spin that off? You know? Let yeah. alone saying for at least for international well, plays. It, it, like, that's, well, that's what it comes down to. What's more, what is going to be more valuable to them in the yeah, end? Yeah. The, the specific advantages that Hulu has by running in a US only service with yeah. all these neat bells and whistles and, yeah. and television alternative options. Yeah. Or, being able to leverage it internationally. Yeah. And I think internationally, I think the other thing is, is like at, at its heart, cause we still see this kind of behavior 
with many of its competitors, especially with, again, more mature content. It's just so easy, and you have all the people and all the connections, and you have willing participants in licensing it. Just yeah. saying, like, that's why, why, why HBO is a more mature oriented service, you know, licensing, you know, bankrolling new Sesame Street and all that stuff aside, uh, grabbing stuff off that was originally going to be meant for TBS to try and, like, pad out its young adult line. It's still not Disney. It's still not as wide audience. Yeah. And towards that end, what does that then necessitate in its behavior? It's so much easier for Warner to simply say, license that shit to Crave. Yeah. It's quick money. And Crave's perfectly willing to do it. So at what point does Disney say, like, got all this FX stuff. It's weird. And yeah. And at what point do you just say, like, go have it locals. It's, 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 it's a fraction of the market. We don't care. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not putting merch in mini sell. And you can't say that about Marvel. Because it is. So, it, you know, is there any upside in it versus the quick money stuff, which is so ingrained in U.S. media production? Well, number <sighs> number one complaint you hear about Disney Plus is mm. that it has nothing, it doesn't really have anything that appeals to adults. Yeah. So, and, and, no, and, it, um, and, and at what point do they say, like, you know what, we have to redress... At what point does Disney say, and that's the other thing is, is like, yeah. if they're going to keep it and they keep getting that as a complaint and it's too hard to really internationalize Hulu, at what point do they just simply say, okay, screw it and just roll it up? Like, I, like, you to know me, what? I don't think they're going to, that, that's not, that's not Disney's play style. It goes against the way they've done things for decades. I don't see it happening. I think, I think they are, I think, I think we're going to see Hulu strip down and, and I think, I think they're going to go all in and leverage it internationally. Anyway, we we got to wrap up soon, so let's just jump to the last uh, item I wanted to discuss, which is one of our favorite topics: Adult Swim Canada. Oh no! So if you're uh, if you're not aware, uh, it's still going, and it's still going pretty strong. Uh, they seem to be still putting money into it. It feels like a channel that is being run by human beings. They're they're making their own cards, and they make lots of cards. Um, and the cards easy, are the cards is, are okay, and it's easy content to make. So they had they had yeah. they never had any excuse. See, the cards are not always great, but they perform the function that they're supposed to, which is to make the channel seem like it's being run by human beings. It's, it, it, and like it, even in the states, the, creates, the cards aren't always great. They're it, just they're it, kind of there. It's there. But, it's there for the purposes of a parasocial relationship. Yeah, exactly. And they are achieving that, which is the the point. <laughs> yeah. So still still as good and as active as it was when it launched a little little over a year ago. Our worst, or, our, our worst fears about the channel or just less becoming, than a year ago. Sorry, yeah, our worst fears about the channel just becoming a dumping ground for like Crash Canyon. Hey, uh, st- still might happen. We'll see. So far, though, but it hasn't happened. So yet. far, it's um, been they haven't like dramatically. You look at the schedules then and now, yeah, and they have not ruined them. Yeah, we're not we're not getting Truth Point. I think that's the maybe the the big thing as far as original content goes. Because <sighs> but I love but I love embattled influencer drill. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Great stuff. You can, well, you can see it all on YouTube. And, yeah. I, and I highly recommend it. It is a beautiful parody of, of like, um, Alex Jones. Of Alex Jones. It's, it's like, so, a, that it's, yeah. it's, it's the 100% like that. And I like how they just keep getting weirder and weirder with some, like, they're sneaking like some wild suspect deviant art action in there. <laughs> um, it's so bad. Yeah. But for the most part, Adult Swim Canada is performing its function, but there's still the one key piece that's missing is any anime. Any tsunami or, or anything. Yeah. Um, Despite the fact that they have things that they own, lock, stock, and barrel, that theoretically could be so offered. It's not, it's not 100% clear if they, you know, completely own Fooly Cooly sequels or the upcoming co-productions, but they 
probably do. Uh, it's hard to get a definitive answer. Jason DeMarco did finally comment on this mm. on Twitter. This was actually a couple months ago now. Mm. Um, and he said that he doesn't know, uh, what's going on. Because that's, to be fair, it's, um, it's, it's, it's not his wheelhouse. It's not his wheelhouse. But also, if, if there was something, the thing, the key thing, if there was something actively going on, he would know about it right now. Yeah. So, we probably know that there's nothing happening right now. There's no tsunami um, on deck, cause otherwise he'd be like, he wouldn't say like, I don't know, he would probably have to say, I can't comment. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, it's canary language, but okay, fine. Uh, we would, we would see that and yeah. we see no evidence of but, that. But, uh, he did point out that if you want to see those co-pros mm-hmm. like the Uzumaki, the Blade Runner show that's coming up, and, and like apparently- the, the six other ones, that they're producing. Why does Toonami have to go to three and a half hours? I don't know, because they're blowing money fast on co-pros. <laughs> yeah. So, he said, if you want to see those things, tell Adult Swim Canada. I mean, technically he's been saying something to that effect for, uh, for years is, is in regards well, to since, getting since, anime. Yes. In, in, on Canadian TV. But, yell at that's your what local he said. Providers. Yell at the local providers. Well, um, to be fair, it, it literally worked for them. It's like, hey, we did Toonami as a joke. And then it was like, no, do it for real. And like, yeah. they worked. So, I mean, why not? Yeah. So there's still a big question mark over this stuff. And, and of course, that's not the only barrier to Adult Swim content in Canada. Uh, you had some frustrations with getting that Fooly Cooly uh, alternative, oh, so, or progressive alternative Blu-ray set. Yeah, so that was fun because I think, you know, it's uh, you, you think, hey, Amazon will get things in. You can pre-order things. And... uh no, it would, did not turn up on their website even after release date, and they went the day after it dropped to Sunrise Records up in Hillside Mall here in Victoria, and uh, they didn't have it out yet on the on the shelves. But you know, went up the front desk like, "Hey, you got the Blu-ray," and it was just right there behind the the desk. They're making up a card for it. Walked out with it. Um, the annoying part being that um, it was just about I uh, would have I probably could have pre-ordered it from the states for about the same price off our off their Amazon. Um, don't you, you do, would have been, you would have been waiting you would have been waiting I would have been waiting so. uh, for it. Um, I think the other thing, but the, the annoyances is like there's clear like it's this ongoing issue with Amazon Canada as a service for anything. You know, like there's a trillion different kinds of like off-brand wireless earbuds. And you want to pre-order an anime and you can't, or you pre-order something that they do have in, and then they cancel your pre-order, which happened with me with Persona 5's uh, limited edition recently. Thankfully, Best Buy has stepped up, but then they quickly ran out. So a lot of people and this who- shit, this shit has been happening for like. 20 years on Amazon.ca. They haven't fixed a goddamn thing. Yeah, and this and, gets back to, uh, we are a market of 40 million yeah. people, and we just, I mean, remember, we had offices with Amazon developers in Vancouver before we had Amazon Prime Video here. So yeah. people working on Amazon services could not, in fact, enjoy all of Amazon services yeah. for a good two years. And the funny thing about the not fulfilling pre-orders thing is that when you... I don't know if this still is the case, but when you send them an email complaining about it, I think they're still using the same form letter that they used 20 years ago, where it's just like, this has been a surprisingly popular item, and we're doing everything we can to get it in stock. I'm I'm sure many people listening have gotten that letter before, and they they just, they've not changed their distribution methods for that kind of thing at all. It's very infuriating, and it it definitely does, this happened with Rick and Morty, when Rick and Morty Season 2 came out on Blu-ray... They had it, they had a posting for it. It took them like four, four or five months before they got any stock on it. 
Um, and, and, that's, and that's that falls on Warner partially because they don't they're really bad yeah, with yeah, distributing well, adult swim well, content you know, in Canada. You know what? Some of this and some of this for all I know is maybe Atlas just being like, oh, Canada ordered something. I don't know. But here's the thing. It's like, one, it defeats the purposes of pre-orders for a limited edition if you can't reliably do it. The whole point is that you're taking a, a mark of demand so that you can run enough of these or run the right amount so that you're not making a bunch of box sets that sit in the, the store. That was the whole point of these things is that companies could learn their lesson and not make junk that sits in the store that nobody wants. So logistics are everything. Amazon's whole value offering as a company in retail is their logistical value. That's yeah. why they're able to do what they're able to do is they have all the data and all the information and are theoretically organized to act on it such that they can get you a deal that no one else can touch as fast as possible. And they failed on that significantly. And yeah, I mean, I, I'd rather give my money to something like Sunrise Records anyway, yeah, yeah. but, and I'm glad they did get it in. Yeah. So. No, like that would have been heartbreaking to be like, cause then I would have been like, well, well, here's the flip side is if Sunrise hadn't got it in, I'd be like, Amazon has their shit together as yeah. well as a small UK based. <laughs> War- no, <laughs> record. No, 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 no. Can- Canada based that now owns, owns the UK thing. UK okay. HMV. Yeah. Um, there would be, it'd be one thing if Sunrise screwed up because it'd be like, I would, ex- I would, ex- I would accept that, but. The fact that the smaller, the, this, David, David should never be technically Goliath, but here. Yeah. Amazon.ca does now have a listing for, yeah. uh, progressive alternative, but it's a reseller listing where you for can buy, stuff. for, where you can buy the Blu-ray through right stuff for $92, including the shipping cost, which is basically highway robbery. Uh, especially because a lot of people well, in Canada need, like Amazon's the only option for them. Yeah, like we're very lucky. Like I was honestly shocked that one, there's a sunrise here in Victoria, and two, they had it. The whole thing is on Crunchyroll subtitle, but if you want to watch the dub, there actually aren't that many options. Yeah, uh, the, really the dub, the dub for Progressive has been pulled from the Google Play Store, which is great uh, because which yes, I don't understand it all. Well, well, and the fun part is, is when you go to redeem the digital codes that come with the Blu-ray for Progressive and Alternative, guess where they direct you to? The Google Play Store where they're like, the fuck is this? We don't know what this is yeah. and it won't work. Yeah. So it comes with useless digital codes on top of it all. Yeah. And I, I didn't check the iTunes store. They might still be on iTunes. But again, options are at best bare bones. And then it goes back to that question of whether or not Chorus uh, has the rights to this stuff. And if they're just sitting on it not broadcasting yeah. this content or if they're waiting to launch a Toonami – I don't know. Yeah. Um, it seems very likely that there's probably something they could be doing that they're not doing. Well, so, and it's it's just annoying because I'm also at the point where I'm like... I mean, well, they play an important role in this, Yes, too. yeah. So, well, the flip side of it is it's like if Chorus can't get this shit together and knowing that Crunchyroll is otherwise commissioning commissioning dubs and synergizing with their corporate parents, they have this, like I said, they have the subtitle version of the fully Coley. At what point do you just say, like, fuck it and throw the dubs up there, too? There's no reason realistically, unless they're trying to save it for... Why isn't it? Why isn't it here? What is the reason? Because it's not somewhere else. So why don't you put it there? Yeah. Come on. It's This This is a mess, and I think things have been... Uh, people in key positions have overlooked uh, important issues for Canada. 40 million to, people. They, to this 40, 40 million people. There's a whole California and, they forgot yeah, about. They... <laughs> Well, the, the thing is that they are the Canadian distributors, and they just don't seem to know or care mm-hmm. about that. And it's just, again, black hole. It just ones being a black hole. Yeah. Um, okay, we, we got to wrap up, so let's just let's just throw out a few possibilities mm-hmm. for betting odds on this. Um, in the next year or so, with Adult Swim mm-hmm. uh, 
broadcasting or maybe streaming. I don't know. I'm not even I'm not even going to speculate on what Adult Swim Canada is going to do about streaming, which is currently nothing. Um, I would say thousand one. We're just going to continue to be just like, get nothing. Well, yeah, just get get nothing. Not, yeah. Or no, well, nothing is guaranteed. guaranteed. Like, I wouldn't take that bet. Yeah, we'll, we'll just keep okay. getting nothing. What 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 what, the, what about the possibility that we do get the co pros? I feel like maybe simulcast. <sighs> Uzumaki is going to be a real test. If we get Uzumaki first, because yeah, Uzumaki or Blade Runner. These yeah. are both things that like you can't. These are the like Blade Runner. It's hard to say what would, would get more. It's hard to say what would get more media buzz. But the thing Plus, is, both of the both of them. Let me finish. Both of them are going to be notable enough that their absence would be very obvious because they'd be the kind of stuff that's otherwise going to be getting write ups and in media stuff. So, um, I would hope because their absence would be so blatant that there's high probability. So I'd like to say, like, that's a five to one. We'll get it simulcast. Not with any sort of packaging. Packaging would be a 50 to 1, 100 to 1. But, like, I feel like they're just too big to leave B. Now, in practice... (laughs) That that also raises another question. If they do have access to this content, Mm -hmm. um, are they skittish enough about anime to pick and choose which ones... They run like. Are they going to opt for Blade Runner because it has the popular tie-in that I feel like that, that some upper that some um, uh, upper level person at Chorus recognizes and skip Uzumaki because they don't know what the fuck that shit is, or are they going to just do as they did, they did with all Adult Swim content and not discriminate content that is original and part of the library and simulcast it? Yeah. It's hard to say if they like pick and choose seems okay. weird. What are the what, what do you think the odds are that they would run Blade Runner but no. not Uzumaki? Assuming that they've already going to run something, one but not the other. Uh, uh pretty likely. Yeah, one two to one odds. Like I feel like that's pretty. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's possible enough that if they were going to run a thing, that they would then discriminate. So given the initial, initial five to one, then I guess you say it's technically ten to one, but yeah, I don't know. It's like Matt, like, yeah, it seems like given the first set, getting only one seems possible. Um, just on, and then that one being Blade Runner, much more likely, like 75% Blade Runner over 25, like no, 90% only Blade Runner, Versus 10% only Uzumaki. <laughs> and the only, actually, the only reason why I would say that the, the, the reverse is possible is, is I feel like Uzumaki might be something they're in a position to really have really strongly. Whereas, like, maybe Blade Runner, there's some sort of other consideration or pr- pressure on licensing for that. So that ends up in some sort of different bag. Like, Blade Runner is notable enough that I could see them saying, like, well, actually, we want that to somehow stream through HBO Max's set of connections. Like, now that there is synergy... The patterns yeah. are broken. Yeah, that's that's the other thing, because HBO Max originals are now in the wheelhouse of Bell. Right. So this could cause, co- like, if, if this someone could, this at could, this, uh, Warner... Actually, and, you know, yeah. there's a strong possibility. Like, if, like, if I were to say, like, if we don't get it, that being driven by um, some sort of licensing nightmare combination of well, we Cartoon Network commissioned it, but we're going to treat it like an HBO Max original. Exactly, yeah. And therefore, it just ends up completely in rights hell for Canada. Yeah, fifty percent chance. <laughs> like, if, <laughs> you know what? Like, if, if, if we if, if, if that if we don't get it, half of the pot, like of the two uh, of our possibilities of why we don't get it, 
half, I'd assign half of the, the probability to that to being literally you know there's right's a, hell. There's a bet I would make. Yeah. Right's hell for two non And I would, and I wouldn't take that bet yeah. because <laughs> I feel like I stand a good chance of losing it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like right's hell for Toonami originals is entirely plausible with the new synergistic Warner for better or worse. I'd love for this to be one of our dramatically wrong predictions. Yeah. And it just turns up nicely on any service. I mean, again, there's always a possibility for some of this stuff that eventually are just like Canada's effort are, we already have an anime footprint in Canada with Crunchyroll. Fuck it. And I'd actually love, I'd actually kind of prefer that because, uh, even over necessarily adults swim because I think younger generations just aren't picking up cable enough. So to make sure that people are being exposed to these things, yeah. there's an incredible level of value of these things being in streaming services. Like, so it, it's worth emphasizing these, these are going to end up on Crunchyroll eventually. But if the, if, well, if Willy Cooley was any indication, well, it's probably going to be a, like a delay of several months. But I, but I feel like there. that may end up being like, that's probably your, like realistically, that's probably for the best. Not everybody's got, Cable, and I, I don't blame it. Like it's it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot of cost to add for uh, people who are like doing gig economy work, uh, take and skip the dishes around. Um, you know, I'm not gonna add, like it's it shouldn't be considered a bougie thing, but it is because wages are stagnant. And but you know, it isn't stagnant. Housing costs is, <laughs> housing costs <laughs> in the Lower Mainland in Toronto. Um, so towards that end, it's all like putting it on a service that everybody's got if they're into genre stuff is probably a good move yeah. and also very reliable. It, put it this way, it solves so many problems that otherwise somebody in Warner explicitly has to deal with somebody in Chorus or Bell to deal with versus just saying, our partner has it. Done. Yeah. All right, we got to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, Carl, thanks for coming on. Where can uh, folks find you on social media and also, also anything to promote? Uh, yeah, right no, now? I've got a – well, I just dropped a new drum and bass album, uh, Quarry Timeout. That's up on all major services. Uh, I've got a new Nerd Quarry-ish album, uh, Just You Wait and See, coming out on April 20th with singles being dropped every five days leading into that, including a song about uh, – uh, anime darling of the season, Isaacen. What? And I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm you, kidding. That's I'm what kidding. you get. Adult we're Swim. All, we're all watching it. <laughs> that's it's it's wonderful. Yes. <laughs> Keep in mind, we're talking about the cart, the animated Isaacen. <laughs> yes. By the time you listen to it, you may be watching the, uh, the idle vehicle live action, uh, Isaacen, <laughs> which is, uh, on track to start, uh, I think in April. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's that yeah. Um, and so yeah, they've got that on deck and that's, uh, I mean, like, it's obviously carlrolson.com, carlrolson, K-A-R-L-R-O-L-S-O-N on all of those major social media sites and ultraclaston.com for the music that I am also on. Spotify, uh, Tidal, uh, YouTube, everything. Yeah. And uh, Carl is, of course, also responsible for the theme song of this show, which you're probably hearing right now. Uh, and thanks for listening to Zon in Canada. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jbetteridge, or you can email me zonincanada at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes, or no, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play, or Spotify, or whatever uh, podcast. SoundCloud game. Sound, yeah, on, on whatever podcast uh, thing you use. Um, and yeah, if you know anyone who might like this show, please recommend it to them. See you again. 